Well, so much for plan B. What's plan C? All situations have the same plan C. Bending, come on! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the movie reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Into the Wild Green Yonder, part four. Uh, I First, this is the last of the movie episodes. Thank God. We've done it. We've made it. I, I, I usually, I, this is when I bring balloons, but I was a little rushed getting to the studio today, so I only have the giant banner up there. It says we did it. Not always. mission accomplished? No, just we did it. Okay. Because um, we haven't accomplished the mission yet. We will do that in a couple, <laughs> in what, eight months? To finish out the whole... Yes. Tr- the, uh, September of 2019, my friend, is... Uh, so uh, a year. Uh-huh. We've got a, we've got a year left on this bad boy. I mean, I, I feel like I was pretty close with eight months, but, you know, that's... Either way. Uh, my actual question for you, Ben, as I am want to do, ask you questions, uh, as we we walk into the studio and get ready for the Futurama content... The old, the, uh, old Sorkin walk and talk. Yeah, so, yeah we're, you can't see us, but we're just... We're, we're pacing around in his office right now. Okay. Um, and that's why I sound always so out of breath. I have a question for you. Now, in the episode that we're about to discuss, and I know I'm going to give a spoiler alert right now, because if you haven't watched the episode, I mean, you know, you were going to talk about it for 40 minutes, so probably do that or not. It's up to you. Um, Bender ends up having uh, plan C uh, for all events being bending. If you had a plan C for any event that ever happened, what would it be? And it's and I can't say bending because that's a pretty good plan. You C. could say bending. I you might want to have plan D past bending though, but okay. but it does start with Ben. So I see where you're going with it. Right. Um. I'm gonna say that. So if plan so plan A fails and plan mm-hmm. B fails. Sure. Now you're and at so your. I'm on to plan C. Right. So far, my plan C thus far has been to complain about it on Twitter. Okay, fair enough. That sometimes works. Right now, because hear me out here. Uh, you, you've got some sort of product that you purchased with your hard-earned money, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. So you email them, and they're like, oh, it'll be like seven to ten business days. And you're like, well, I need it fixed now. And so you call them and it's like, you will be on hold for the next 47 hours. And you're like, all right, that's dumb. And then so you go to plan C and you just say, at company, your product is the Suxor. And then like 40 seconds later, they're like, hi, 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 what, hi, can we help you? They're like a golden retriever, eager to please. Because how dare... You say anything remotely bad about them in a public space. I did not realize this was going to be a <laughs> a recap of a life some of hack? your Twitter. Look, I've been going through a whole thing. <laughs> I don't I don't usually talk about my personal life on here, but I've been <laughs> going through a whole thing with a a a certain company that I will not name. I will not defame because they've finally 
fixed the issue. Also, they might advertise with us in the future. I can't even finish that without laughing. And uh, it's been a whole thing. I Because I emailed them and they're mm-hmm. like, we'll get back to you in three days. Twelve days later. That's a long time. It's a long time. They finally got back to me. Um, Not great counting on them. Now, but in this case, Plan C didn't work because maybe it's because I started with Plan C because Ooh. now I just jumped to the one that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. As I, I will suggest to you, my Plan C uh, for all events is as an introvert with uh, some generalized anxiety, I go to my house and ignore it. That's a pretty good Plan C. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's worked for me in the past. Mm-hmm. Because if I ignore it, it doesn't exist. That is how the opposite of object permanent works. That is correct. <laughs> Problem impermanence. Uh-huh. Mike is basically a one-year-old, and once he can no longer see it, it's just it's not doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Problems at work don't exist. I'm not there. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Also, if if in canon I'm a one year old, it would explain a lot. It would for this explain. Podcast. It would explain an awful lot. <laughs> um, I'm I'm digging that. So between the two of us, our plan C's are complain about it on Twitter, uh huh, and go home and ignore it. <laughs> well adjusted adults, we are. <laughs> we are so good at adulting. <laughs> I feel like those are uh, two perfectly fantastic plan C's that will lead us to many successes in life. <laughs> like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. If we get a negative review on iTunes, <laughs> you will go home and ignore it. <laughs> and I will complain about it on Twitter. I mean, I to be honest, that is the, the exactly what we're going to do. Now, to be fair. Okay. We do currently have a one star and a two star rating. No review, though. They didn't tell us why they don't like uh-huh. it. Well, I mean, you know, they don't need to say it. But we have we kind of know we have a one star and a two star rating. Now, I bet you weren't even aware of them. A yes. B that shows my my strategy is working. And also, I've definitely complained about it on Twitter. <laughs> We've somehow accidentally just like circled ourselves and like pointed us out as these are the kind of people that we are. Well, um, before people start complaining about us on Twitter or going home and ignoring us, let's let's get into Into the Wild Green Yonder part four, the very last part of these movies. We've done it. Yay. Uh, Fry is given our last previously on and he uses the holophoner. I mean, hey, if you got to go out, go out in style. Agreed. That's what I always say. It's a little bit of a callback to the finale of the uh, television show. And uh, so we start out the actual episode proper in the Earth Supreme Court, where uh, a, uh, Justice Dog, D-O-double-G, <laughs> and the associate justices are deciding the fate of the uh, arrested feministas. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a list of them. And uh if uh for 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 note, uh the infosphere definitely has 
the previous version of the uh, Supreme Court and the new version, and then like goes line by line, like this one was replaced. This one must have been moved up from because Snoop Dogg was was a associate justice and now is chief justice. We have Scalia, Garofalo, Thomas, Abdul, Chief Justice Snoop Dogg, D-O-double-G, uh, Ginsburg, Bjork, Alito, and Segal. There's a lot that happened uh, in that Supreme Court. Uh-huh, because uh, it, it mentions that Nixon was faced with six different vacancies in the span of only six years between the two times we went to the Supreme Court. So, yeah, Leela gets up to give her defense, and she says, look, if protecting the environment is a crime, and then Snoop Dogg points out, protecting the environment is a crime. Uh, Leela chooses to rest her mouth. I mean, she's already implicated herself in a crime, Yeah, well, apparently. Th- I mean, their charges were murder, mayhem, vandalism, kidnapping, and resisting arrest. And apparently, uh, protecting the environment is a, th- a sixth one. Nixon gets up to give his testimony, and uh, he asks if he's under oath while taking the oath. Always the most trustworthy president in the Futurama world. Truly. That's why they call him Tricky Dick. It is. Sure that. The only reason, I hope. He is ahead in the jar. Uh, Bender also gives up and gives testimony where it's like, yeah, it's Leela, the one that has eyes that want to say, I want to kill you, Bender. So we actually don't get a whole lot of this uh, scene. They kind of just blaze through it. Yeah, like no time for any mm-hmm. for this one. Let's just get it done. And uh, so they they do their thing where they all hook into each other through high-speed telepathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, then they it's a it ends up being a five to four vote mm-hmm. um in favor of uh the feministas mm-hmm. but since it's split a, since it's split along gender lines and the female votes only count for half uh then it is actually uh they they lose yeah that's yikes justice uh ginsburg even says it's a humiliating system but it works now does it I would argue, no. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I will say that given what the feministas have done, they have kidnapped people. They put people Accurate. in the go-go cage. Accurate. They have vandalized things. Accurate. Accurate. They have resisted arrest, clearly. Mayhem is, for me, I don't know the, the legal definition of mayhem. All right, and that means I got to Google it. Okay, Ben Google's that corner. I do not remember the murder they have done. Uh, they ran over Agnew. Oh yes, of course. So they have they have under the definition of law they have at least done four out of the five. So I, I, I suppose in the loosest terms, you can say that the system works, but the system is also very flawed. According to https colon slash slash lawshelf.com slash courseware slash entry slash mayhem. Mayhem is the act of maliciously disabling or disfiguring another person. The common law crime of mayhem is defined as an act of maliciously disabling or disfiguring the victim. This is essentially the modern definition as well. The actus reus for mayhem is the is that the defendant must commit an act that causes the victim an injury that either permanently disfigures him or disables him. Disablement is defined as the loss of use of a major body part. See Bowers v. State. I will see that. 
Please note that the body part need not be removed for the victim to be considered disabled. Sure. Disfigurement is defined as the alteration of the victim's face or body that changes his normal appearance. See State v. Rowley. Please note that in order for the defendant to be convicted of mayhem, the disfigurement or disablement he inflicts on the victim must be permanent. So now you know. Now you know what mayhem is. I do not remember this happening with the feministas. That is a very different definition of mayhem than what I would have, like, I usually think of mayhem like, oh, everything's all wacky. Right. But there's a legal definition for these things, and it's, it's important. That being said, I do not remember them disfiguring. You anybody. exploded this pot of spaghetti, and now it's raining down spaghetti, and everything's all saucy. You can be arrested saucy. for this. <laughs> you just mayhemmed. You did some mayhem. I That's d- what I assumed mayhem was. Sure. I learned a thing on this podcast. For the first and last time we've done so. <laughs> I will say that I don't I don't remember them causing the legal definition of mayhem. Nope, because they ran over Agnew, so he's right, just that's dead. just murder. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them mayheming. The only thing I can think of is if somebody was in the the ring uh the the machine that was cleaning the rings. Why would somebody be inside of that? To pilot it? I I don't know. Maybe it's autonomous. Um, either way, four out of five. So I could see where they convict. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think that is an accurate assessment of the evidence at hand. That being said, I do not like the women's votes count half. That is like a backslide from where we are currently. Is there a podcast where you can listen to lawyers talk about legal cases and television shows? That seems like corn appointed from, uh, the, the Smurl McElroy no, but do they Branch. do they very do they specifically go? I'm pretty sure they talk about all sorts of stuff. No, no, no. You're missing the I point. Know, I, I know about. I, I'm, no, I'm looking it up now. I want a podcast that literally just does television cases. That's it. No more. No less. I'm, I, I'm looking. I'm looking up Corn Appointed to see what what episodes they've done. Because they've done other stuff. I know they've done other stuff, but they've also. I'm reasonably sure they've done some of those. Uh, maybe not. Based on their titles, I can't tell. So that, anyways, so that I, uh, that should be a podcast. I agree, it should be a podcast. Although it'd probably be mostly about Law and Order, which I don't actually watch. So bum, bum. I would probably be, you know, pointless to me. Yeah, you'd you'd get the the five minute Futurama ones, and you'd, you'd that'd be it. Right. I'd be like, okay, let's talk about Zoidberg eating the flag. How does how does this actually relate to real law? Let's talk about the feministas being mm-hmm. um also why are the the feministas being tried in the Supreme Court when it's a criminal case and it hasn't been in any of the lower courts? That's good that's a good question. See, this is why I need that podcast. It's it's interesting because they do they do seem to uh like it is a criminal case, but they also say it's Wong versus feministas. Mhm. So that w- that would be more like a non-criminal court because the criminal court would be Earth v. Feministas or State of New York versus Feministas or New City of New New York City. I don't know. There's a lot of th- I don't I don't think that the 
writers of this show know law or care about law. I think the right. I think they're all just nerds who only know math jokes. Here's my thought. I think we've thought way too deep onto this, <laughs> and even the writers are like, they'll just go with this. Come on, let's just get get to we the. We are fun not bits. past the first scene, my dude. I know, but we got talking about law, and it's apparently and the legal definition really care of about. mayhem. <laughs> We really honestly care about this. And that's they go important. to jail. They sure do. We made it past the first scene. <laughs> we did it. They go to jail. This is why I get the banners. It's a privately owned for-profit prison with no budget. And so they are encouraged to sexually harass and cause fights and be filthy mm-hmm. all up on each other. And uh, so that it turns prison into hell for them without having to pay for it terrific meanwhile leo is going to in his words kaboom boom the violet dwarf star tomorrow uh fry is very concerned with kaboom and goes to where he knew where the mad fellows was right before he gets conked in the head by the mad fellows and then he literally just wakes up on the ground exactly where he was i don't surrounded by the mad fellows which was maybe i think one of the funniest jokes in this whole episode it's very good i don't understand how the mad fellows works I, you're not supposed to. It's a secret society, Mike. I understand, but he's he's going there. He's like, hey, mad fellows. Hey, Hutch. Like, and then they'd conk him and mm-hmm. they just are, surround him. And it's like, maybe it's traditional. Maybe it's. Does everybody else have to get their head conked every time they want to go talk to a friend? Maybe. maybe. That explains a lot about them. <laughs> that's true. I do think that's one of the funniest jokes. Oh, yes. In the whole it's very episode. good. Number nine. Or just nine. I forget what, which one they call him. Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, also call him the Grand Curator. That guy in the big nine t-shirt, he shows this Omega device, which nobody knows what's inside, and when activated, will emit a blast of Delta Band noise to block out all the the thoughts so it mm-hmm. can't read minds. Uh, the person who invented it was blind, and the only person he described it to was deaf. So nobody knows how it works. Fry asks if they have a plan to recognize the Dark One, and they don't. Um, but And they also can't think about it, or else the Dark Ones will hear. Now, here's where a good plan C comes in, because you would just go home and forget about it. Mm-hmm. And I would complain about it on Twitter. And I feel like in this case, your plan C uh, is not great for the universe. Uh-huh. My plan C is also not great for the universe, but I probably get killed beforehand. Yes. Well, at least I don't get killed. <laughs> i love how we're just gonna sprinkle in some of these plan c's throughout this episode oh yeah very good. absolutely so uh fry is asked to come up with a solution on finding the dark one and fry's like that's a mistake mm-hmm. so he recognizes that they've they've basically hitched their car to the wrong horse right so the the necessity for Fry to think this plan up is because his mind cannot be read by the Dark One, mm-hmm. and the Dark One's mind cannot be read by any of these people who can read minds. And as soon as this is said, Hutch is immediately like, wait a minute, I think I might have something, because fry can't read the dark one's thoughts and the dark one can't read and just like he starts and, formulating and, it and literally everyone's like la 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 but yeah i think that was mostly just because it's like we as the audience are like that's the obvious solution yeah yeah 
So I think they just kind of had to throw that in there for our benefit more than anything. Sure. I also really enjoyed an entire room of people in tinfoil hats just screaming la 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 la. It's very good. Well, then I know what to get you for your next birthday. A room full of people in tinfoil hats going Mm -hmm. la 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 la. The proverbial tinfoil choir, if you will. (laughs) I don't think I will. We go back to the prison where Leela is hearing from a dark one that they must get to the Violet Star. And she yells at it to sh- shut up. Well, she yells at... Because she doesn't know who said it. Right. And she so turns she, around and just yells at everybody. Right. And they're all like, wait, what? And they're like, we're just painting our nails with rat's blood. Also, Linda's in the background practicing her stabbing, which I really enjoyed. I wonder Got if, a little bit of Roberto yeah, in her. Yeah, I'm wondering if Linda and Roberto have crossed paths at all. Maybe they're friends. Maybe, maybe, maybe more than friends. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, we don't really know anything about Linda's romantic life. It's true. They really never flesh any of that out. Mm-mm. Maybe she... we need to have full episodes about Linda. Maybe she went on like Tinder in the future, and then uh, t- future Tinder, future future and robot then Tinder met up with Roberto because his whole profile was like, "I like stabbing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't i don't i would get matched up with hedonism bot because i would say can <laughs> can do hedonism bot voice and then he'd stop reading at can do hedonism bot so <laughs> that's very good he's like i found my match <laughs> oh my <laughs> mm-hmm <laughs> just wouldn't even he he read just enough like, he just <laughs> drops the phone right then and there and is like i jumbie i found him jumbie <laughs> go get this man <laughs> i must have him but yeah we don't know anything about linda's <laughs> no idea. dating the misadventures of linda's dating life and how <laughs> she and roberto probably have gone on at least one date yes um uh leela <laughs> now that we've gone on, on something i didn't even notice in the original well uh watch of the episode uh she has a plan to get out and it circles around the martian muck leech that is attached to her leg um she starts it eating through the wall she's also really woozy because it's been eating a lot of blood a lot of blood we go to planet express where scruffy and zoidberg are repainting the planet express ship with Scruffy's spray paint and zoidberg's vomit and i will say Watching Zoidberg vomit like the same green. I don't know what it was. Gave me a little chuckle. It was very good. I enjoyed that. I also actually kind of like the Planet Express ship as like half pink, half electric mucus. Like, I it's it's got a real like eighties vibe to it. (laughs) I was kind of into it. I think just I say this is what eighties guy would have wanted. Right. I say just give it sort of a nice fade from one into the other. Call it a day. Yeah. But yet they didn't they didn't take that choice. Look, they didn't ask me for opinions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just not saying that they're right. Mm-hmm. If if painting it the way it was is is wrong, I don't want to be right. Uh the professor is watching Morbo talk about the uh, arrest and uh incarceration of the feministas on his Magnafalix 304. And then an ad pops up for the 308, <laughs> which um <laughs> It's a great little callback to earlier in the movie or the last episode. I feel like the best 
jokes in the movies are the ones where they kind of keep threading out these things like all throughout. Like Torgo's executive powder is probably the best joke in all four of the movies. Most likely, yeah. Because they just literally sprinkle it in here and (laughs) there. Nice. I see what you did there. And because they're like, oh, we've got this whole big, long movie to to keep like doing that and so i like that little throwback of just like a brief like it's the magnophallic 308 <laughs> like it's really good it's quite good and i think i think that they the movies are best when they're doing stuff like that because i feel like it's the one time they are really using their the the change in medium to good effect yeah Instead of just like giving us four episodes that kind of right. lead to another, like honestly, I I don't want to spoil grades, but the first episode I don't remember having much to do with <laughs> any of this at all, like other than like golf course, right? You remember how the whole first part there was a poker tournament, and then the Donbots' wife or girlfriend or whoever yeah. was cheating on him with Bender, and like that was the whole plot of the uh-huh. first one. And then that was basically just discarded as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 an episode long open like Simpsons opening bit. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly what it was. And it's like, well, what was the point of all of this? Like you got two things out of it being the ego feminists and like the muckleech. Mm-hmm. Like one the, fry uh reading minds that's true. i suppose but like yeah fanny just doesn't even come back yeah yeah she, she's just gone she's off with the Donbot. you know what they say about uh uh robot don's wife in the first act right you have to fire it in the fourth act exactly the fourth episode uh-huh that's yeah. uh, that's exactly what they say uh-huh. they even say the stuttering in the middle there yeah can't say the quote right if you don't stutter. You're not stuttering a little bit. And also, I just have a note that Scruffy is reading Playboy RD. <laughs> I got that too. He says something like really pithy and just like, and just ch- turns the page. And I, I'm here for Scruffy. I also love that the woman on the cover of Playboy RD is dressed like uh, the like chef. She's got the chef hat and like an apron and everything. Yes. Uh it's very good. I. I, I love Scruffy's pornography puns. I I I I love everything about Scruffy. And that's that's I think why I was I tied myself so so dearly to him at the March Ocean Madness. Me too. And then we both failed. Yeah, we sh- we sure did. Maybe we'll learn for next year. Back at the jail, a rooster crows, which Amy points out, that means it's the next morning. Thank you, Amy. The muck leech didn't make it. It, it kind of pooped out at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then it couldn't eat another bite, and then immediately starts eating Leela again. I mean, it's got to regain some of that energy, it's man. It's true. But then the wall suddenly just collapses, and in strolls Bender. Uh, Leela is very surprised that Bender is breaking them out. But this way, Bender can commit 15 felonies at once by breaking them out and putting him way in the lead on the scoreboard. Bender has some interesting priorities. Hey, it's all it's all a competition to Bender. And the way that you compete is having more felonies. And so they are trying to escape. And uh, they go out through this hole in the wall. And then they realize there are the guards. Guards with guns on the towers. Uh, Bender doesn't seem to, to have realized this until they get there. And I don't know how. It does raise questions out 
as to how he got in in the first place. It's like a circular prison surrounded by a you know, circular wall with sentries all over it. I don't I don't understand. How did he get in? They come up with a plan because, as Leela points out, everybody knows men have one fatal weakness. They can't resist hookers. And Leela says, all right, girls, you know what to do. And then they dress Bender up as a hooker. Specifically, they uh, she calls on Dixie and Trixie, which are like, I feel like those are intended to be sort of like... These sound like hookery names. Right. It's a nice little bit of misdirection. Right. And it's, uh, I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's like one of my favorite kind of jokes where it's like that bait and switch of like, all right, girls, you know what you got to do. And then it cuts to Bender very poorly made up. <laughs> you can see the padding in his like bra that's trying to give him like, boobs. Sure. And uh, he does not look remotely like a human of any sort, let alone a hooker. And well, we come in all shapes, Ben. So he goes out to try to persuade the guards, and they just immediately shoot him full of holes. Like, so many machine gun bullets. Just so many. He even says, well, I see that you... And then immediately continues getting shot at. It's just so many bullets. Back at the Violet Dwarf system, uh, the place is now, like, covered in snow. Mm Mm-hmm. I think is that's that's what it's yeah, supposed to be. It, to me, it looked like it was winter. Yeah, and they are getting ready to demolish this violet dwarf. And in the audience is basically every Futurama character. Basically, yeah, everybody. Everybody's yeah. there. Master Snog is there. The freaking moon mascot from Luna Park mm-hmm. is there. Uh, the porno dealing monsters there. Gunter, Isaac, Clamps. Fanny's there. She does come hey, back and is in see? the audience. There you go. But she doesn't do anything. But she's she's there and she can drive the plot forward by not doing anything. Even Adlai, the most boring guy that ever boringed, wants to see this violet dwarf explode. I mean, when you want to see a thing, go and get the thing. You go and see the thing. So, like, basically every Futurama character is in the audience. Yes. Uh, Leo indicates that Fry is going to get the honor of pushing the plunger of the demolition. The plunger explosive thingy. Yeah, the plunger explosive thingy. Fry kind of like leans down very slowly to try and like disconnect the the wire. And Leo's like, what are you doing? And he's like, shining your shoes, sir. And then Leo's like, get between the toes. That feels good. Back at the jail. This is where we get Bender saying that all situations have the plan. It's the same plan C, bending. Which also I'd like to point out because my notes, uh, I wrote C colon. It looks like a very computer thing. <laughs> C colon bending. Yeah, you, you, the bending C, directory. The bending directory at the top level. And what's in there? Uh, bending. Bending. Mm-hmm. Just recursive folders all the way down. Always bending. Never so not bending. They just run through all this gunfire. No one's hurt. At all. Surprisingly, no one's hurt. They and were then, very accurate when shooting Bender, but now they're super not accurate. Well, but Bender was standing still. That's true. It's, These it's women harder to hit are flipping target. and somersaulting and running and doing all sorts of crazy stunts, and there's a bunch of them. That is true. And then Bender goes and he literally bends down the brick wall. Yeah. And it doesn't crumble or anything. No. It just literally folds over. Yeah, it's like a piece of paper. <laughs> The way that things react in the Futurama world are amazing to me. Well, it's because he didn't uh, he didn't destroy the wall. He bent it. 
I just, it still doesn't look like it, a way that a wall should move. Which does remind me of the joke that we missed where when he bursts through the wall the first time, they're like, Bender? And he's like, what do I look like? My identical cousin, Buster? <laughs> Which, first of all, identical cousin? How does that work? <laughs> same same uh, blueprints. I guess so. But that, but, but Buster makes Buster feel good. Oh God! Okay, <laughs> I went. I went with the ghost busting. No, I know. I know what it was, but it—it's a weird thing, even in the Ghostbusters song, <laughs> which I did at karaoke one time, by the way. Okay, so I definitely sang the line "Bustin' makes me feel good" in front of a whole uh-huh. audience of drunk people. Now, was it a lie? I've never ghost busted before. I don't know if I care for it. <laughs> we have to go try it. Just once. Just, just to one, see if just, it feels good. Just go try busting some ghosts? Yeah, why not? There's got to be ghosts in this town. I mean, Jeremy. <laughs> he could be our first ghost. That's the bust we need. So... <laughs> Who knew Jeremy the ghost was going to be one of our longest running bits? But yet we're here. Look, all I'm saying is I've got people sending me images of ghost Pokemon named Jeremy, and I am here for it. (laughs) It's the thing I didn't know that I needed in my life, but it fills me with unending (laughs) joy. Okay, I'm a man of simple tastes. Simple needs, simple wants. (laughs) Just want to be overwhelmed with pictures of Pokemon Jeremy's. They managed to escape through this bent wall, and then they're like, we're safe, and then dogs start chasing them, and uh, as I believe Amy points out, the boning continues. <laughs> it's true. And then the Planet Express ship shows up to save the day, uh, but I will point out, not everybody made it. They only save Amy, Leela, LaBarbara, and... Bender. Yes, yes, Bender's there. Sorry, I was, I was like, what feminist am I missing? No, the fourth one was Bender. So yeah, Dixie and Trixie and Linda and anybody else who was there just didn't make it out. This is the in-memoriam period for those. In the arms of the angel Fly away from here <laughs> I'm exactly the guy you want singing that song at a sad moment. I could have gotten more classic, I guess. I thought it was going to be Taps. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I think Mike is dying over there. You okay over there, buddy? I think I'm good now. You're just too funny, Ben. Okay. Whew. So they save every not everybody. Not they everybody. save some we of them. We talked about this, Ben. Um, the uh, professor, Hermes, Zoidberg, and Scruffy save them because they couldn't live with themselves after putting money ahead of the environment. And Leela's like, I'm so happy I could kiss you. And Professor's like, watch out for my new grill. And he shows his like golden crusted teeth now. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Also, when Leela's like, Professor? Hermes? Zoidberg? Uh, Scruffy. 
a janitor. He seems very just like dejected. Like usually when he says that he's Scruffy the janitor, he's just like, no, I'm Scruffy. Yeah. Jan- this time, just something about the way that he looked or the delivery. He just he was like, man, you should know me by now. I don't know if I don't know if you got the same read on that situation. I did not. Maybe I just really feel for the guy. I also he called himself a janitor, not the janitor. Did they add more janitors? I don't recall that. We we definitely got different pieces of information out of this scene. I don't think he said a janitor. I think he said the janitor. That might because I do I do watch these with caption ca- close captioning, so it, it might have been a mistake there. Could be because it definitely said a janitor. I remember reading that and being like, "But no, he's the the janitor." But you're right. Maybe it's just somebody like, "Yeah, fine, a janitor is fine." So uh, back at the demolition, uh, Fry starts to try to read everybody's mind, but there are a lot of people there. Um, but he does scan for the dark one. It's not Zap, Kiff, Mom. Calculon, who ends up having a Windows 7 inspired crash. Uh-huh. Uh, Snoop Dogg or Leo Wong. None he, of those people are the dark one. Yeah. The only one I really wanted to point out was just Calculon because he's giving an acceptance speech. Of course. And he thanks his operating system, Windows 7, which... Right before it, it just When did a, this movie come out? I don't know. Because I head. feel like it came out before Windows 7. It's time to Google this. It came it out in came 2009. 2009. Okay. So the beta for Windows 7 would have been in pro- in the process, I believe. Uh, because I installed the Windows 7 beta. Did it crash for you like it did for Calculon? No. It was actually the thing that convinced me to switch back from uh, Linux as oh, my wow. primary operating system. So, yeah, okay, because I was, I was like, oh, man, like, they are making some weird called shots because I was thinking <laughs> it was a little earlier than that. But, no, I guess Windows 7 beta would have been just about to come out. I think it came out in, like, March or April, maybe. Okay. I don't remember specifically. Um, But, yeah, anyways, Windows 7, it crashed on him, and then he freezes up. It's a very good gag. I At this point, with hindsight, it's very funny knowing the windows seven i mean i thought was windows, a thing yeah yeah windows seven was pretty good though i think i think it was but good not for calculus not for calculus well maybe this is future windows seven when when the world has been destroyed and we start back again on operating well systems. now okay calculon is a very old piece of machinery oh as you're we right know. you're right so there's probably some weird incompatibilities with him in windows seven it's probably a driver issue exactly i agree okay I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. This Me is a too. very important this, thing. This was good use of our time <laughs> and everybody else's. We nailed it. Back to the Futurama. A good use of our time and everybody else's. <laughs> At this point, uh, Fry starts to worry that he's the dark one. Because think about it. His thoughts can't be read. Right. And the dark one's thoughts can't be read. Right. And he is literally standing there with his hand on the plunger, which is exactly what the dark one would do. So he's he's like, wait a minute, maybe I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, surprisingly pretty decent logic. At that point, the Planet Express ship bursts into this this place, 
And Leela comes out and she says, put your hands in the air. And Snoop Dogg is like, should we wave them around like we just don't care? And she's like, that part's optional. <laughs> Which I appreciate. I do appreciate that it's an option. It's not a yes or a no. Because, you know, in that situation, I would not particularly feel like waving them around like I sure. just don't care. But Sn- Snoop D-O-double-G will. I mean, he's Snoop Dogg. Exactly. You know? He's uh, going to do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo starts saying, you again, your parents should be ashamed. And that's when Amy takes off her mask and says that he should be. And then Amy smacks her dad with a putter. Because he's going to blow up the yeah. thing. I, I'm skipping right well, to the point where she smacks him. Sure. This is after Leo gets a message from the dark one to go destroy it and then get smacked with a golf club, basically. Yeah. It's a very good swing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fry gets this plunger and he's about to like push it. Mm-hmm. And then Leela is like, why are you doing this? And Fry says, I, ha- I have a perfectly good reason, but I can't tell you. Right. And Leela says, well, why should I trust you? And then after a moment, um, she's like, because you're you. And that's all I need to know. Which is a nice like reversal mm, from yeah. a previous episode. Uh, so Leela hands the plunger back and everyone's like, why would you? We We worked so hard to not do this. And Leela's like, now he wouldn't, and then he immediately does. He pushes down the plunger, and you see the the spark going through the wire, but it's been rewired to the Omega device that Fry is keeping to his chest. It looks like it's going to shoot him or something, but then this weird, like, device comes out of it, Mm -hmm. and it's like this weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I described it as kind of like a green sphere kind of erupts of, like, radiation or something. Well, but it, the, the oh, device itself... It looked like a coat rack to me. Okay. <laughs> sure. Like a giant it metal... It actually does sh- kind of look like a coat rack. You're not wrong. <laughs> but the coat rack emerges from the Omega device and then blasts out a green sphere of radiation. That's it. And Fry is like, but I wasn't destroyed. I I thought I was the Dark One. And then we find out that the Muck Leech was the Dark One this whole time. And... Uh, the Omega device is momentarily disabling him. Right. And we I should point out also, we find out because he just starts talking like verbally. Yeah. Which is weird. I'm, I don't know the physical reason because that doesn't make any sense. But the that's the only way he can communicate with Fry. Because mm-hmm. he can't talk to Fry via brain. Right. Sure. So he's talking to him. He's like, no, I'm the but dark this, one, you but idiot. But this also implies he has vocal cords and... Oh, yes. Physically uh-huh. and... There's, there's, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. there's if we're gonna go down that path, we can we talk don't about have time. every spent, character in Futurama. We spent all our time talking about law. Uh, law, yep. Back to the future, llama. <laughs> no, that's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the future, llama. I mean, I see where I was going with it too. It was like so close. Now I'm envisioning uh, Marty and the Doc from Back to the Future, but they're llamas. <laughs> I want to see that. It's very good. I would totally watch that. <laughs> I would watch all, th- all three parts because it's a three-part movie. I'd watch all three Back to the Future oh, llamas. Yeah. Absolutely. I, w- I want to see older Michael J. Llama. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to see Michael J. Llama on a hover board. That's what I want to see. 
Mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd's last name already has that double L. Exactly. It's pretty easy mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. Now can we get Lorenzo Lamas in there? His name is right there. Do you think he'd sign on to this project? I mean, <laughs> if it pays. <laughs> a lot. A lot of people will do it stuff if it pays. All right, Kickstarter. Uh, Another gonna, Kickstarter movie from the Back to the Futurama Studios. Back to the Futurama brought to you by Back to the Futurama. <laughs> uh, ben and Mike, executive producers. This is how I'm f- going to finally get famous, and I'm cool with it. So, uh, anyways, the Muck Leech is weakened and on the ground. Mm-hmm. So this allows the asteroid, um, with all the life on it, to kind of gain a trail of rocks going out into space. And it starts really, really trucking it towards the Violet Dwarf. It's a sex thing. Yeah, it's definitely a sperm and an egg. It 100% is. Um, And if that wasn't made apparent, uh, Leela then points out it was a sperm and an egg the whole time. Yeah. Uh, The Violet Dwarf, once, once it gains the sperm let's be honest and call it what it is conception Uh, conceives and it starts mitosis as the star and asteroid uh were egg and sperm as we've discussed i'm glad i I figured i want to put it in there one more time i'm glad we spent all our time talking about law so i don't have to spend the rest of this podcast talking about how conception works (laughs) because we're already out of time (laughs) we've been out of time friend as this uh this egg turns into a giant manta ray looking creature, um, which the, once he sees this, the grand curator says the encyclopod is reborn, ushering in a new green age. And then, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of things in the encyclopod. Like it's got this weird, like dome on its back. Yeah. Like where a, it's got, they call it a pouch. I think it's got all, I mean, it looks like a dome. It does look like a dome. Yes. And it's got mountains and lakes and everything. And it's got dodos and white rhinos, Tasmanian and, tigers. And my favorite striped biologist taunters. They're very good. They taunt the biologists. You only like them because you're not a biologist. I'm sure biologists hate them. Oh, sure. They even have like a, a, a target on their stomach. It explains why they went extinct. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just that's one of the ones I really love. Uh, the encyclopod starts talking and says that all life is precious. And then the dark one uh, jumps on Hutch and tries to suck his blood to mm. regain its strength. Yeah, right on his neck, too. And then as Hutch is dying, uh, he's like, oh, it's my sister's Femme necklace because he sees it sticking out of Fry's head mm-hmm. and he takes it. And so Fry suddenly can't read thoughts anymore. Amazing how quickly that can change. Uh, Fry is knocked uh, off the, the dark one at this point, And the encyclopod vows to avenge Hutch waterfall and just basically destroys the final dark one. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, but shouldn't you preserve its DNA for... You know, and it's like, I suppose, but it's too late. Zoidberg ate it. Zoidberg the hero. He, he got rid of the dark ones. They're evil. He sure did. He'll pound the table about this. Like I, literally I, pound I, it. I know. I'm sure my downstairs neighbors are thrilled right now with this podcast and Zoidberg. Hey man, if they, if they want to listen to the podcast, I mean, I guess they have to, cause we're kind of doing it. And yes, Zoidberg is quite the hero, the hungry, hungry hero. Uh, the encyclopod then archives humanity's DNA and kind of just ignores Fry's question about it only archiving uh, the endangered species, and it leaves. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's uh, not comforting at all. 
And then uh, everybody, uh, the the crew, hops back on the Planet mm-hmm. Express ship and as they're run as they're being uh, chased and by Zap. Um, Zap is trying to arrest them on fifty three counts of uh, fugivity. Uh, fugivity. I mean, that's basically what he said. Okay. Um, he basically was like, I don't know what to do, so just this one. Um, Kiff actually goes on the ship with them instead of right going because with he's he's bizarre. been missing Amy this whole time, and she's I don't been blame gone. Him. Um, like that's literally what he's thinking about when Fry reads his mind is like he misses Amy, mm-hmm. and so yeah, he goes on the Planet Express ship. They are all running away. The Nimbus is chasing them. Fry says, "This is the end." There were so many things I wanted to say to you, like this is not the end. And I feel like this is sort of a because I don't again I don't think they knew that they were going to get picked up by Comedy yeah, Central. I don't at this think point, they did because that didn't happen until like what 2011, 2012? something like that. Yeah, it took a while. Um, and so it's sort of this touching moment of like, cool, we we had our weird little movie run. Like it's as much to us as it is to Leela. Yeah, and then but he also says, uh, and also I love you, Leela. And then at that point, Leela says that she loves him back and then sees a wormhole that they are all heading straight into. They don't know if they'll be able to come back. It could take them trillions of light years away, but they all just decide to go for it. They start chanting, go for it. Yep. Bender gives a touching line where he says, into the breach, meat bags. Or not, whatever. (laughs) It's kind of touching. Kind of touching in the Bender way. Um, they reach the wormhole and it kind of turns into the well, Fry and Leela kiss oh, as yes. they start going through this wormhole. It's important because it's brought up on the next episode. And by important, I mean, the professor calls it out at one point and it's not actually important to the plot, but they do it. I mean, the kiss, they don't okay. do it. I was like, Whoa, I didn't see that in the episode I watched. They just, they strip down and get down to business right then and there, right no. then and there for the wormhole. They um, smooch a bit. They smooch all. a bit. It's and PG. It, it's fine. And they get to the wormhole, and it turns into the opening image of every intro for Futurama with the the spray of rays of blue light, and that is the end of the episode and the end of the movies. And that means it is time for... Grades. I actually really kind of enjoyed this. Okay. Um, it, it We... We I kind of spoiled it a little earlier, but it's I, this is more for my grades for the entire movie. But the first episode is kind of like two things come out of it. But in this episode, you get you have the entire uh, the problem. You have the climax. You have and and everything seems to be pretty funny and move pretty quickly. And it was very enjoyable to watch. Um, I, I really, like I said, really enjoyed Zoidberg vomiting the same color as the spray paint. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why that tickled me so, but it did. Um, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good way to end the series at that point. Cause it, you know, obviously with the wormhole, it, it gives you a way to move forward if it, if it comes back and if it's not, then you're in, you know, you're who knows. Right. It, and it could spin off into different stories with different you know mediums the the misadventures of linda's dating life exactly or like you know comics could go in parallel universes or something i i I just really enjoyed it and i thought it was a very clever way to end it okay um i i I really enjoyed it so i think i'd probably give it something like a b okay um as an episode 
I uh, I mean I feel like it was it was fine. Um it had a couple of good jokes and just on the strength of it as just an episode, I wasn't super in love with it. Okay. Um it had it had some good jokes. Um some of those jokes were callbacks to things that weren't even in the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Um and so just as straight up as an episode, I mean, I'm probably going to give it a C. Okay. Um, I think overall, I think just as singular episodes, this was the weakest movie. Okay. I didn't really care for most of the individual episodes. I can see that, yeah. Uh, but with that said, I will go straight into the movie as a whole. I actually liked this movie a lot more than I remember liking it. I agree. I think that, um, I mean, even despite the fact that, like, you know, the whole first part, like you said, it's it's like one of those Simpsons opening parts where it's like, here's a bunch of jokes that kind of happen, and then one thread sort of makes its way into the main plot. Right. Yeah. It's basically, you're right. It's basically like that, um, because most of that doesn't come back up. You know, Fanny just disappears, and, and you know, that's the end of that. It's fine. Yeah. But... Overall, I think it was a pretty uh, pretty enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's one where the stakes of the movie were actually interesting. Unlike Bender's game, where it's like I had no idea what was going. Like, why are they in D and D land? This is yeah. super weird. Yeah, that was weird. Um, or the Beast with a Billion Backs, where it's like, oh, this weird uh, tentacle being voiced by David Cross is just like. Uh, mating with everybody big like, and horny but as as a movie i feel like this was maybe uh one of the more successful ones um mm-hmm. i still think that futurama was really meant more for a 30 minute time block okay um but i would i'd go so far as to give the movie itself like an a minus i thought it was okay. overall pretty good okay cool um when, I, when it's all one big bit right because i again sure. I can't stress this enough. I feel like these were the weakest individual episodes as a whole, probably. Right. And, and I think it's because these rely so much on everything else that it's really hard to split it up. Uh, um, I agree with you. It's a re- it's remarkable how much I didn't think I liked this and then watched it and I was like, oh, no, I like this. This is good. Um, I, I agree like fully with the Simpsons opening. There was some... It was fine, but it was just like that's kind of a throwaway 20 minutes out of a movie. Right. It's like, that's a lot. It's one thing to do it as the Simpsons and, or an right. episode. Or it's like four minutes or yeah, whatever. You do a little bit of jokey and then you get in the plot and it's like, no, you're doing jokey for 25 minutes. Let's get to something, please. But no, I, I agree. Uh, there are some weird, even in the the movie itself, the, the radical feminist, you know, uh, environmentalism is kind of, it's, it's, it's very kind of pushed, like not i don't if i could curse here i would because it's kind of it, it's pooped on okay um but i i think that because the 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 movie has a, a message around environmentalism it it's kind of weird to have it there sure here. I, I get what you're saying yeah right it's kind of like putting the boot on the uh the environmentalists until they can finally win that being said it is a fun little romp um it and it has stakes. I agree, and I th- I think it's pretty good. I don't know if I'd go A minus. I think I'll go B plus. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, we would like to know what you all have to say about this movie, or uh, you know, individual episodes 
Futurama in general. Or what your plan C is. What your plan C is. Um, whether it's, are you someone who goes and hides or someone who complains about it on Twitter? Are you or, a Mike or a Ben? Or do you have a better plan? Because both of those plans are not generally super great. Not generally great, but, you know, in some in some cases. I forgot everything else we've talked about in this episode. We talked a lot about law. law. Do you know anything about law you and know... can tell us why we got things wrong? Right. Uh, let us know that. And I don't remember anything else. It was just my, law. My brain is just checked out. It's like, you know, you know, at the end of the school year when it's like you've got three weeks left <laughs> and you just don't give a rat's ass about anything and you know, you're letting homework slide and you're mm-hmm. daydreaming in class and uh been tuned out to thirty minutes ago. Oh yeah. This is this is movie Futurama movie podcast senioritis. <laughs> so I've already forgotten everything I've talked about, but it, I assume you haven't forgotten. And if you want to talk to us about those things, go ahead and get in contact with us. You can do that by emailing us at back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. We are on Apple podcasts and Spotify and probably a ton more other places at this point. Uh, Find us there or anywhere. Rate us, review us, subscribe and send to your friends and we can all figure out what mayhem means together. And don't forget, we are on Patreon. We've got a new patron this week. Woo! Shout out to Jacob Meet or Met. It's M-E-T-E. I'm sorry. I screwed up your name, I'm sure. But we, we love you very much for being a new patron. And if you also would like to become a patron of Back to the Futurama, you can do that at patreon.com slash back to futurama we we love all of our patrons and if you don't want to be a patron or if time you know like your budget's a little tight we love you all the same for for listening to the end of this one because oh boy we we did some stuff and uh yeah speaking of patreon um because of all the smoke and stuff in portland we kind of didn't get around to a live episode for august i don't think um our last one was a little while ago. Okay. Uh, maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. Who who can even remember at this point? That was like a month ago. So um, I think uh, I think next week we'll do a live one. Sounds good. Let me back up. Next week on the podcast, we'll have sort of our season break. But if you tune in next Tuesday, uh, I think we're just going to... You'll be hearing the uh, first episode of the next season. Uh, I think we'll figure it all out. Yes. Uh, stay stay up on uh, Twitter and all of that. And, we'll uh, tell we'll you. Let you know. All that to say, we love each and every one of you Absolutely. for listening, and whether or not you are a patron. And my brain is checked out. It's senioritis. <laughs> I'm. It's last day of school. That clock is ticking down. And the bell will ring for dinner. I'm already playing. School's out for summer, and uh, the wall by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm um you know all that all that fun stuff so yeah let's uh uh, let's go on to graduation boy Um, housekeeping is going well this week (laughs) graduation you know we've already written in each other's yearbooks stay cool this summer Uh (laughs) l-a-l-a-s love you like a sister (laughs) and uh until boy aren't you all glad we're done with these movies (laughs) 
They could tell we really love these. Until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.